What's up? What's up? Oasis hey. people. Yeah, yeah. We're back. Another episode. I think it's 104. I mean, we are climbing. Yeah, 100 is in. Two, countdown to 200. Countdown. 100 <laughs> is in the review, and we are charging forward. And to cover the next stepping stone of sanctification through the Oasis podcast <laughs> is we're talking about obedience. Why we should obey a God mm. or how we obey God, kind of, it's all its all a little bit in there. But before we get there, let's talk about an example where you were either good obedient or bad oh, obedient. Or I think, well, Ben said he you wanted to talk personal. about his dogs. I mean, I have I have illustrations upon illustrations with my children and dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Do what you need so to do. I do all day. So uh, my dog is, man, 10 years old. Her name is Emma. She's mm. a chocolate lab. She's the laziest pile ever but she's also I super awesome she's, so she's incredible her attitude like loves people mm-hmm. like just she's yeah. she's actually a phenomenal dog <laughs> um but she has an issue with uh laying on my side of the bed hmm. and it's a problem because i sleep there <laughs> and so yeah. i have tried so to teach to and train her, her correct to like not lay on her so you think you can lay on the, the bottom bed you can't use my pillow as a pillow because that's what you do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so every time like all I because I'm becoming getting older, I happen to have to go to the bathroom during the night now, which has become a new thing. Dude, same. Oh, so it's ridiculous. And I'm I'm You're not old. Yeah. Um and so like I'll get up and the two minutes I'm away from my bed, she'll mm. come up and then it'll be And she's she's and probably I, dark. So do you see her there? Yeah, my eyes. I I know oh, you and so, eat enough vegetables. <laughs> I ate a lot of carrots growing up. <laughs> and so I'll come and I'll say, All right, Emma, you gotta get up and she'll stand up. Look at me on the bed, grab yeah, my pillow, and then just forever. lay. No, 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 just lay, <laughs> back, lay down. back down, over and over to the point of now Abby's getting up, and then she only <laughs> listens to Abby because Abby's her favorite person. Eventually, <laughs> she'll leave, but just you can't just move her. She's eighty some pounds. I could, but but it's middle of the night. You're not thinking not, rationally not, like that. I'm not lifting her. Yeah, like fair. you got legs. Yeah, <laughs> like, what are you doing? I just push her off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, what about you? Um, well, the first like story that came to my mind my sister growing up she just had no concept of like punishment she was the worst to punish she's been um but one time she got in trouble for using a cuss word oh um, which one was it no i'm just kidding don't say don't say I almost <laughs> got her <laughs> i the thing is before you did that i almost said it and then i was like oh like just to give clarity to the yeah, story but yeah. then i was like ah, i probably shouldn't um <laughs> But but she had like, so my mom was like, we don't use that word. Mm. And then like 40 minutes later, she did it again. Mm. And my mom was like, I just told you not to use that word. And she would be like, oh, I thought you meant then. She didn't know that like concept concept of like forever. And she was just funny like that. She was impossible to discipline. Mm -hmm. My parents never knew what to do. It's hilarious. Obedience can be hard. Well, son Mm -hmm. of a... Well, for me, the one that keeps coming to my mind is, so just last week, I had to drive down to Sioux Falls and go to a dermatology appointment. And you might be thinking, oh no, what is wrong? And the answer to that is nothing, (laughs) nothing at all. But I do have a normal amount of moles, I think, just like a, like a, just a normal human amount of moles. What's a normal amount of moles? Like I'm, you you wouldn't look at me without a shirt on and be like, oh wow, that's a lot of moles. But (laughs) it's more than I have. I don't have any moles. You don't? No. Okay. So I do have some. Okay. You know, I've always had them from when I was a little kid, but I don't like track them. And like, most like, people don't. Yeah. But I'm not like notebooking them. And yeah. so my <laughs> wife, she went to the dermatologist last year and she had to get a couple moles checked out. So then she kind of was freaking out thinking, oh, I don't want my yeah. husband to die of skin cancer. <laughs> and so she made me go to the dermatologist and being an obedient, loving husband, 
I put it off for like two years, but <laughs> eventually I just went to the dermatologist. So there's my obedience. Checked out. There you go. I rewarded myself with some juice stop and a bagel boy bagel for going down there. there and you go. that was your pick of all the things in Sioux Falls. Yeah. Have you ever had bagel boy? Yeah, <laughs> but that wouldn't it's be my so pick. Yeah. That okay, with the juice wow. stop combo right behind it, unreal. What right on Minnesota. It was 10 a.m. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. But I'm good. I'm sense. good, guys. So if you were worried about <laughs> me and my moles, um, I'm squared away. She told me actually that I didn't have to go back. So there you go. Now I can show the doctor's note to my wife and get out of class. <laughs> Otherwise, w- what do we mean when we talk about obedience? Like, what do we mean about how how would we go about obeying God? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, starting first and foremost, that God has outlined a way for us as followers of Jesus, um, for to follow. And yeah. and, and some of this is. Even starting off right away, it's it's really easy to kind of get into a mindset of obedience just being about what I have to do. Yeah. And a lot of what we'll talk about today is, okay, we're going to explain a little bit why. Why is this actually yes. really important? There mm-hmm. is a what, mm-hmm. which is what this is, is obedience to God is following the things that he has laid out for us in his word. So it's following the words, ways, and wisdom of Jesus. You look at the Sermon on the Mount, there's a lot of, yes, do this, lists do of this, things, do yeah, this, yeah, right, mm-hmm. which are, are, are ultimately for our good and for mm-hmm. his glory and he and he's constantly even in the do this he's checking the heart yeah because mm-hmm. just like you said it, the love. heart the heart the motive is just as if not more important than the action i think it is the most important aspect of yeah. obedience yeah because it becomes asking like to live other, into kingdom living not just follow a bunch of rules otherwise you will be pharisees yeah. who are whitewashed mm-hmm. tombs yeah. mm-hmm. you know there's nothing on the inside yeah otherwise you can look at the early church and the letters that were written to the early church as to see like other ways god has asked us to live or he has outlined for us to live and there's a lot of heart in that too and there's some actions things like when you look at the letter of ephesians there is ephesians 4 where paul tells us don't let talk don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth like james 3 will use the same thing talking about taming the tongue so there are actions that we should follow to be obedient but both of those again are going to stem back to this reality that you are a new creation you're a new person and you have a new heart what about the old testament yeah i mean the old testament is full of the laws um, that were developed, but the 10 that kind of summate summarize all of the laws, the 10 commandments mm-hmm. that we know of, um, that God had given as commands, but commands with the purpose of mm-hmm. providing blessing and righteous living and et cetera. And I don't want to get too deep into this because we're I want to do another podcast and in the future. But some of the Old Testament law can be really confusing mm-hmm. because you got, like I wrote it down, Genesis 9-4, where God tells us, don't eat meat with blood in it. But like, I know some people out there are like, I love a good raw steak or medium rare or whatever. Mm-hmm. Raw, not raw, rare. That's wild. Yeah, people are crazy. <laughs> people probably do. When it like flops down and it's like yeah. kind of moves on the plate and you're like, it might be alive <laughs> still. But people like that. Uh, so how would we, just quickly, because we're going to do another podcast on it in the future, how would you explain like the Ten Commandments, which are these ones we would still probably ascribe to versus Ooh, that's even in and of itself a topic. Yeah, it's a topic, but like still hold a lot of validity Yeah. versus like this law or maybe the tattoo one or some yeah. of the other ones. Yeah, in Leviticus. Yeah. There, are, there are moral, civil, yeah. and ceremonial laws in the uh, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you look at the book of Leviticus and Le- Leviticus, even in its own context, was technically written mainly to priests mm. or for priests and how they were to enter into the temple, how they were to go about um, doing a lot of these ceremonial sacrifices, ritualistic sacrifices or yeah. ceremonies to become pure so that they could ultimately be in the presence of God, so that they could pray on behalf of the people. Um, and so the the moral laws are the laws that transfer over back into what we would want to still be obedient in 
as followers of Jesus. Yeah. We don't have to follow the ceremonial and civil laws anymore because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for us. Yeah. Those were the things that said, okay, you in your own sin, in your individual sin, in your impurity, need to do things to make yourself right again. And so they would do these sacrifices in the Old Testament that ultimately all those sacrifices didn't make them clean fully, but it was mm. in preparation and a pointing towards the Messiah that would come that would make the greatest sacrifice, yeah. that would mm-hmm. fulfill all sacrifices from then, now and forever, and that is Jesus. And part of that becomes why it can be so confusing for some people to, mm. to try and understand obedience. Because if they don't understand that, they'll sit down, they'll read the Bible, maybe cover to cover and yeah. walk away with a really... A perspective of what obedience looks like that we would say is maybe not healthy yeah. as they try to like live in this. Otherwise, besides just the confusing nature of it, it can be a very polarizing topic. Yeah. What would we mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some people will be all in that they will take the perspective of every law, always no exceptions. There's no gray areas which can lead into legalism. Um, we can see that in scripture in the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders and how they interacted with the law that God had given and, and lived that out with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also get people on the other end of the spectrum who are very relaxed with it and think that uh, life with God is about faith alone and grace alone. And so there there's no obedience that plays into that. And you can see that kind of play out in the early church in the letters written to the church in Romans and Corinthians um, and just the kind of the way that they were living and the response they had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can, uh, I, can I just, uh-oh. can we talk about some of these ridiculous laws? I know oh, you mentioned sure. one. Can sure. I just say one of them? Yeah. <laughs> the one that always gets me is don't, yeah, please don't boil a baby lamb in its mother's milk. Yeah. Yep. And that one I'm yep. like, what's going on here? Yep. <laughs> Um, if your slave refuses freedom, pierce their ear. Mm. Uh, don't wear clothes made of both linen and wool. Super important. Yeah. This one may be too aggressive for podcast, but oh, I'm saying it's in the Bible. Deuteronomy 25. When fighting another man, chop mm. off his wife's hands as she grabs your genitals. Yeah. That's a funny <laughs> one. I love that you just knew <laughs> that that was in there. Yep. I don't think I knew that was in there. Um, <laughs> don't sit where a menstruating woman has sat. Well, then I've been disobedient. Uh, I'm married. Yeah. True. It's <laughs> real. Anyway, just okay. a little fun. Just add a little fun to the podcast, <laughs> yeah. guys. But, but back into this, it's like there's the two extremes. The one that's the legalistic side, yeah. the one that says all the time, every law, every single every single thing that the scripture says is what we need to live in versus the very grace-based uh, forgiveness, ex- mm-hmm. exaggerated. Um, I don't even know. If, what, what's, what's, is there a good word for it that like counters legalism? Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> yeah, honestly, maybe like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the actual word would be. Loose. But, <laughs> it's probably a term yeah, that we just yeah, know. that we're not thinking of. Um mm-hmm. how let's start by addressing though that group of people. The ones who are maybe listening to the podcast or they interact mm-hmm. with other people who have this stance that they don't need to be obedient to God's word. Where yeah. would we start with that? Yeah, I mean, it starts, right, the theology behind it, the belief behind it is this idea, well, Jesus has come, his life, death, and resurrection has forgiven me of my sin, yeah. past, present, and future. Yes. So any sin that I commit has already been paid for by the blood of Jesus, therefore I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. Paul, in his beauty and brilliance and <laughs> addressing Roman culture, says, um, well, so he just gives this, like, incredible theological reality that we've been saved by grace. Yes. Uh, right, through faith, mm-hmm. he just gives this awesome redemptive story of what Jesus did for us. He says, well, then what shall we say? Shall we keep sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So it's like, one, addressing it that way, recognition that no, just because we have been given grace and have been shown forgiveness mm-hmm. and all of our sins have been forgiven, it's 
we're not still supposed to live in disobedience because we are being made new, as you even mentioned yeah. earlier and before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so right there, Paul is laying out for all believers in all times that disobedience or non-obedience, we had a debate on which one of those <laughs> words is correct, is not an option. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this camp is already disqualified in the fact that like you can't, you have to obey what God has asked you. Now it can get kind of nuanced in, in what, what that, that looks like, what that looks like mm-hmm. specifically yeah. for each believer mm-hmm. and in each context in different situations. But Ephesians 4, Paul writes it again in a different way, and we're just going to read it to you. So it's verse 17 and then verse 20 through 24 is what we'll read. It says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do and their futility of their thinking. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Jesus and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's this beauty in what he's teaching here that as a believer, you are being made, you are made new and you're being made new. We use these words and I even joked as we started the podcast Mm -hmm. talking about you are sanctified or saved, but you are also being sanctified. Like that's what he's describing here is you put off your old self. Like you became someone new, but he's also saying, but you have to continue to put on this new self. You have to continue to live in righteousness and holiness to be like God as you're living with God. Uh, yeah. Even well, even yeah. with righteousness, we are made right. Therefore, we can live right. Yeah, and so yeah. it's it's this uh, this idea of starting with, and here's how I view it, of, of even again uh, with all of that, of why the importance of pursuing obedience is God is asking us to live into what He originally designed us to live into. Yeah, and so you look at the garden. There was perfection. There was a way of life that was for our good, that was for our benefit, mm-hmm. and that was for, as Romans says, for His glory. Yeah, and so we're just getting back to that. And so He said, "All right, live in righteousness, meaning you've been already made right by Jesus. So mm-hmm. here you have and can now live right with the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Live in holiness. You have been set apart. You have been made holy because of Jesus. Now live into holiness yeah. mm-hmm. because you're empowered with by by the Holy Spirit." Because my desire for you and my design for how you are to live a life as a human being is this, mm-hmm. is righteousness, holiness for your good. I know what is good for you. Yeah. Um, and that, and we'll get to a little bit to that. It's not yep. just because it's not fun or he's malicious or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like he knows what's best for us. Yeah. It's just, do I believe his heart is good? Well, and as you read through the New Testament, you're going to see God's desire is not just for you to be saved. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is not why he sent, that is not the complete reason he sent his son to die on the cross. Yeah. He he sent his son to die on the cross so that you could be with him. And as you are with him, the outcome of that will become, you will become like him. So this is the whole process. So I don't remember exactly who the theologian is, if it's Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but the idea of cheap grace. Yeah. Yep, Bonhoeffer. Uh, yeah. Cheap mm-hmm. grace. And this idea of like, if, if we lower the, what grace has paid, if we, if we view it as cheap grace, it just buys us the ticket into heaven or eternity. And it doesn't ask anything of us. But what Jesus gave us is, is costly grace. It's, it's grace that's expensive. I mean, it's mm-hmm. grace in the sense that it, 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 it not only requires for us salvation, but it requires us this process of becoming like him as we live life with him. Can I mm-hmm. do his quote? Go ahead. Uh, cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Yeah. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Mm-hmm. Treat Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus. It's like, Yeah. So good. Yeah. Little Dietrich Bonhoeffer for your Tuesday. <laughs> So God has left non-obedience, which is just choosing not to live with him or not to do what he says. And he has left 
disobedience as not options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those are not two things as Christians we can choose. But it still matters when we decide why we're going to obey. It matters mm-hmm. what we think. Yeah. Like we, we're, We've already started talking. Like Actions are important, but your heart also matters. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the areas that we see people kind of prone to when they're answering this question of why obedience matters? Yeah. I mean, there's a side of people who take that restrictive view that the obedience is just a list of can'ts um, and things that you don't do or that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they see these commands of God or these, um, yeah, commands of God. This is, you know, don't get drunk. And they focus on the, I can't do this instead mm-hmm. of the good that God really wants to do behind it of, um, to keep you from, you know, the health issues that it might cause or, you know, all the, the good side of it where, you know, I can't sleep with whoever I want to. Well, God has something better in store, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the restrictive side looks at it and says, it's the things I can't do that I don't do. And the things that I have to do instead. I mean, this group sees God as a fun killer. Yeah. Right. They just see God as someone who's trying to make sure nobody has a good time. Nobody, nobody's like experiencing the, the, the fullness of this life. They're not living it up in their twenties like that. And so they don't live in God's obedience because they think there's better out there than what God has designed. Mm-hmm. What are the other camps that we would say, Oh, these are probably better options. Yeah. These are probably the things you want to pursue. And this is one, it's a, it's a recognition that God's heart is for you. Like, so there's a reality, even for me, it's like, as I look at my children, there are things that I have set up that you could call laws or commands Mm. or rules Mm -hmm. that are for my kids that I tell my kids because I'm for them and I love them. Some of it is I don't want you to get hurt. Some of it is I don't want you to hurt other people. Like, and that's just, and and there's an aspect that's really tough about that because I, as much as I try to explain the why, Mm. they don't get it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's me sometimes, even my, in my obedience to God. Mm. It's like, there are things that I'm trying to like follow and it's like, Man, God, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I struggle with the why, but because well, I've seen your heart. Go ahead. What's an example? Oh man, um, I mean, the one that comes to me is yeah. so like, I, I have always been someone who's sarcasm. had an attachment. Sarcasm is the one that comes to mind. For me, it's I've always had an attachment towards like finances, so it's always been hard for me to live in generosity. So like, I mm. see precedents like the tithe, so yeah. giving ten percent, or God calling us to just live in generosity, to live sacrificially. And I can see, and I can get legalistic with it, and I can say this amount of dollars or this, like, yeah. this needs to go to there, and I need to, to practice these different principles. But when I, and when I look back and I see, oh, God maybe has laid out this principle of generosity and sacrificial giving for my good, not mm-hmm. just so that he yeah. can have control of my bank Correct. account, yeah. you know, that changes so much yep. of what it looks like for me to actually live yeah. in obedience. So for me, it's mm-hmm. hospitality. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> we've created a space where our home is our home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's, well, hospitality says, bring in the neighbor, the homeless, the one who needs help. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's really hard to bring people we don't know. And sometimes mm-hmm. we do know into a space that has become our space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet there's a welcoming, accepting, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to love on you nature that God one has and mm-hmm. asks of us to have as followers of Jesus. And yeah. so in our selfishness and my selfishness, like, so let me be at home by myself. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> let me just kind of be in my space. Yeah. And yet there's moments where I'm challenged to like, nope. I got to get out of that and mm. bring yeah. people in. Um, yeah. And so, and it's just, a, I, and so in those moments, what I go back to is a recognition of, <clears throat> even with the financing, I think that's so good Yeah, because what God is doing and asking of that is, Hey, I just don't want your hope and your foundation to be in something that is not me because mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. that thing will fail you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet also for me, when I get struck or challenged, 
challenged in my own way of this, of falling into obedience or wanting to be obedient and like not understanding fully why the why behind it. But I've seen how your heart has been good for me. So I'm going to trust you when you're mm-hmm. asking me to do this. That's and a faith thing. And then, yes. Yeah. 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 And so really what we're, we're communicating there is two ideas. One, that God's obedience to God is a protective mechanism mm-hmm. in the sense of like, it's trying to be the guardrails or the fence around that, which is dangerous to you. Mm. So yes, it might limit you from doing X, yeah. Y, and Z, but it's limiting you from doing that so that you can be protected in who he is. Mm-hmm. So back to the example of like sexual sin, this idea of, oh, if you could think of it, like God won't let me sleep with whoever I want, or it's sex has sexual sin has consequences. Yeah. And when sex we, has consequences, sex has consequences. Yeah. Like, I mean, look <laughs> at STD rates lately. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is crazy, but we have a culture that says sleep with whoever you want, whenever you want. Like there, that has consequences and God is trying to protect his children from that. Like I, 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 I hate, it hurts my heart so bad when we have to counsel young adults who break up with relationships and you find out they, they weren't, weren't maybe living in purity yeah. and that makes their breakup so it's, much harder. The consequence mm-hmm. is an emotional attachment emotional that is hard and to get over. Physical and physical attachment. And healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you have not given yourself to that person yet. And so when you give them, when you fully give yourself, but there's no commitment that is marriage, there's no covenant there. Mm-hmm. When that breaks, which it has the possibility to do because you're just dating, there are severe consequences there. And it's really hard to sit on the other side of that. And like, mm-hmm. you wish you could go back, but sometimes people just need, it's like touch the hot stove. Like they, they have to feel the heartbreak and the pain. And we don't want that for you as your pastors. We want you to hear something like this and see God's design and be like, okay, that's actually a protective mechanism. The other one is this idea of God's obedience to God brings blessing. You want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah. So if obedience is the pathway to um, blessing, it's the pathway to joy. Um, It brings um, the best that life has for it. And so um, when we see the commands of God is actually something that's for our betterment, mm-hmm. not just for our protection, but something that's for our good. Um, it can change the way that we, our heart thinks about obedience. Yeah. And yeah. I think one of the things for me that I think of, I, I don't like cars at all. Like I feel s- super insecure about all things car. <laughs> like I, I just, I don't understand it, but I had to fill up my tires the other day. I had to get out mm-hmm. my owner's manual, look up my PSI, yep thing but in there it tells it this is what the psi should be and that's not Mm -hmm. because it's like oh everything else is a good option but this is the only one i want no 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 the psi is in there because that will be what makes your tires run most effectively for the longest period of time Mm -hmm. so like that's what god's blessing and obedience it's like it's not that all those other things just like don't work or they're not good decent options it's like those things are not what is best for you it's not what's going to bring you the greatest blessing it's not going to gonna it's not going what's going to bring you the greatest relationships and fulfillment and and like yeah just all of that it's it's honestly like god's giving us the owner, owner manual to for life, life. when it good. becomes like this is the best way for you to live this is how you will function best as a person that's good that's really good yeah, yeah. Let's let's switch sides and address the stricter side, people who maybe struggle with the legalistic side that says every single law within the scripture, every single, um, there is no gray, everything's black and white, it's cut and dry Mm -hmm. all the time, no exceptions. Like, let's start with why there and start to address some of that stricter side. Well, and even with the stricter side, it doesn't even have to be there's no gray in every law, it's just my how I interpret it is yeah. the right way, right? Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> or even the, even in the grays, like the grays, like small stuff, and yet what, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like when it comes to the legalistic side of trying to be obedient to God, we started with the, 
is if I just make a bunch of list of rules because we as human in our, in our own nature want to be in control, then I'll know exactly what to do and I can tell other people what to do and what they're supposed to do. Where it's just like what that's done is all of a sudden it's made your holiness and obedience dependent upon yourself because you're just following a bunch of rules and not dependent on the Holy Spirit, not dependent on the Father and his heart for you. And so it's missing the reality of like why ultimately are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. Why do you want to be obedient? Why are you trying to be holy? Why are you following the rules? Or why, mm-hmm. like, why are these important for you? Why is obedience yeah. in general for, important for you? Uh, and so it's discerning, and you have to process you like if you maybe lean towards this side a little bit. Is mm-hmm. okay, really? Why am I so like hardcore about one being obedient, but following these mm-hmm. specific rules? Yeah. Why are these pedestaled or yeah. more important than other ones? And I remember an instance when I was early on in my Christian walk. I was one who couldn't listen to secular music. It just was, I had listened to it in, for so long in such a way that when I became a Christian, that was something I had to to throw off in order to become more mature in Christ. Now there's some music I can still listen to and it doesn't affect me in the same way, but I remember trying to impose that on other people. Mm. And so I would, people would have these conversations and they would ha- talk about secular music and I would, in some ways, judgmental, but in other ways, like I thought my way of mm. living in righteousness, I thought my way of obedience was the right way and I wanted that for them. Mm. And so I would try to encourage them or challenge them to not listen to those things when maybe God was doing a different work in their life and maybe they were at a different space with him. Yeah. Like that's kind of the, the talk yeah. we're going through. So why you obey matters. Let's walk through a couple of different instances where people can have poor or less than ideal views for why they're obeying perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean self-righteousness yeah I talked about this this sunday whenever this i don't remember when this comes out um what i, I gave a message at oasis oh oh oh, oh yeah right? it will be like two sundays ago perfect whatever sweet uh the idea of holiness and you can be like i think paul's a perfect example of this Paul was one who he and himself in Philippians said he basically lived a perfect, obedient life. So he was moral, but he wasn't holy. And so therefore wasn't really living into obedience uh, because he was doing it basically for a self-righteous snake or for self-righteous snake, basically for himself. And so he wasn't living committed to God. He was living more so committed and it looked perfect and it looked moral, but he it was to... It was in the self-righteousness that was for his own sake and a mm-hmm. little bit. And so it's dangerous um, <clears throat> and ultimately unfru- unfruitful if the reason why you want to be obedient is for one, to for your own self-righteousness so that you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unnecessary and ultimately is, is legalistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're trying to please God, like is that a motive behind? And, and, and I would argue not as I try to please God because I want my heavenly father to be pleased yeah. with my life. Yeah. But it's, are you trying to earn God's? Mm. heart yeah are you trying to earn god's favor that's good are you trying to earn god's love it's like impossible you mm-hmm. can't because there's nothing you can do that will change ultimately god's heart for you uh in jesus like yeah. his love is already as big as it can be mm-hmm. um and so what we do is we try like if i'm obedient then he'll love me more right yeah. if i'm obedient then then maybe this right thing will happen mm-hmm. uh god will make this thing happen if i'm just obedient and that's just not how obedience works. Well, yeah, and both of those become a hamster wheel that is so exhausting as you try to keep up with your own self-righteousness. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's that it's that 
Jesus in Matthew 11 has given us an easy yoke. He's given us a light burden, and that's this walk in, in relationship with him. Um, and part of that is when you when you put on the shoulders of trying to earn your own righteousness yeah. or earn favor from God and earn or earn like his, his heart, is you're putting on this heavy yoke of constantly trying to live in a perfect way that you can't live in because we live in a si- sinful, broken world mm-hmm. and we have, we're being made new, so yeah. we're not yet quite new yet. And so like that, that constant trying to achieve will will burn you out and we see people walk away from faith because of that right because they they're trying so hard to please the fathers trying so hard to to earn this sense of just like righteousness that they've already been bought because of jesus but they're not recognizing that so it's dangerous for you Mm -hmm. what's another reason yeah another reason that people might get caught up in is trying to please other people so not just please god but please people, uh, whether that's religious parents or friends or a particular pastor or community that you're involved in, you're trying mm-hmm. to please them and appease what they expect of you. Um, and this isn't in and of itself, thanks, um, like the worst thing, but this is going to be exhausting mm-hmm. um, because obedience to God should be about you and God and not mm-hmm. about pleasing other people. And so this is a heart posture that's not going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. It's just going to be more exhausting well i think about it like it's it's just shifting sand yeah. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. like you might try you might your parents might have one expectation for you now but if you reach that expectation there's a good chance they're gonna have a different expectation for you and they might just keep raising that bar yeah. or like your friendships might change and they might have different expe- expectations for you and it's like if you're constantly trying to win the approval of people yeah. it's gonna again burn you out and be exhausting all of this so those are kind of maybe bad dispositions to have or bad heart postures to have, but a great one to have, like the true reason why you should be obey is because you're responding in love and to God and that's leading you to others. So Matthew in 22 verse 37 through 40, Jesus responds with the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself as all of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commands. So Jesus is saying everything you see that is God's design for you to live in this way, it hangs on these two ideas of loving your heavenly father in a way that's all consuming. It get, it takes everything you have, heart, soul, mind, and strength, but it also leads you to love others. So it starts, this posture of obedience starts with loving God. Yeah. That you have to recognize all he's done for you. If you don't start from mm-hmm. this place of the cross, if you don't see what Christ has done, you don't see his his sacrificial death and his resurrection as this starting place for every single act of obedience, you'll end up in one of those other camps. Um, if you see all that God has done for you, then then that empowers you. You are hopefully living from this disposition of forgiveness, of empowerment from grace, not that cheap grace, but this this costly grace, and that will lead you in obedience to go and to love others. Mm. Uh, what else? What I feel like there's in that idea of grace, we have to recognize that it's still needed though. Right. Cause I think people will say like, okay, I'm trying to love God with all that I have and I'm trying to love others, but I'm still not doing it perfectly. How do we encourage someone in that as they're trying to live in obedience? You know, they, they, they are loving God with what they feel like is everything has, but they're still falling short of that. What would we encourage them in? Well, yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah, I think it starts with that. Like learning, I I feel like in trying to follow Jesus well in my own walk and and living into obedience, um, the the places where I struggled the most 
when I've fallen short is have not being able to learn how to forgive myself mm. because Jesus forgave for, like has forgiven me. And so it's not an excuse to then just keep living in that. Yeah. Right. The forgiveness had like what was hard about forgiving myself was like I knew it was wrong. Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so like having that heart of repentance of I want to turn, run towards Jesus, live for him. Um it, because I live with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, And so learning to forgive myself. So you need grace. You're not going to be perfect. Uh, and again, the opposite side of you can't abuse it either. Yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. in some ways it's balance. It's, it's, it's avoiding shame while living in conviction. Mm-hmm. You know, shame yeah. says you're no good. You'll do it again. You'll never overcome. Conviction says I have better for you. Mm-hmm. Like conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Shame comes from the enemy. So as you walk, run away from shame and live in conviction, yeah, you do try to give yourself the grace and you try to have others give you grace as you strive to love God and love others. But then John 14, 21 is this one that I always come back to. And Jesus says there, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. They will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So as you live in this, if you, if you seek to follow God's com- or Jesus, like in his commands and his teachings, it shows not only that you love him, so then people who don't live in that, you see, okay, do they really love Jesus? Is their heart really for him? Have they understood the gospel and the message of what, what God has mm-hmm. done for them? Um, it's okay to make mistakes, but don't abuse that grace. It's going back to the very beginning. I mean, you of, will make mistakes. You will make you mistakes. Will. Yeah. 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 And then it's not abusing the grace and going, living in these two extremes, living between these two extremes in a way that's fruitful for you and for the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Obedience is important. Yeah. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. huge. Obedience is blessing. Obedience is protection. Yeah. Um, try to change. I, I mean, what would we say to someone who's like, I know, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm asking a random question off the top, but <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear that, but I don't feel that. Or like, I don't know if my heart believes that yet. Which part? That obedience is important? That obedience isn't just restrictive. Like, how do we oh. encourage someone to get to this place mm-hmm. that's obedience is for my blessing? You know, because you can hear it as much as you, you can. You can listen to sermons and podcasts, but like, how does someone get to this place where they actually truly want to obey with a right heart posture? Yeah, uh, I think a part of processing just life and processing our relationship with Jesus, and I've used this language before, but it's it's pondering, practicing, and praying. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pondering, I'm questioning, like, what, why do I feel that? What what about feeling like obedience or sick? Almost like you're deconstructing. It? Your oh, interesting. idea of obedience. <laughs> of obedience. Right. It is though. It's challenging. Yeah. Like I need to ponder like why really ultimately do I believe this? And it's mm. it's making the list and writing it writing it down of like, well, uh, when I hear this law or this command or this rule, this is what I feel behind that. And then it's starting, well, why do I feel that? And then all of a sudden you you will, I believe, especially if you have community and friends or people or pastor, whoever can help you discern mm-hmm. and, and process with you and ask good questions. All of a sudden you get to the point of like, oh, in my own life, here's what I actually want to strive for. I think you ultimately get to that point in our pondering of just processing life and processing certain questions. We figure out, oh, this is actually what I ultimately desire, yeah. what I ultimately want to prioritize. Uh, some of it is just like, just there's something about just doing something and just doing, even if it doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. that I think starts with, it's, it's, I have to start rethinking and like literally my thought processes in order for me to start believing things. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, one, like I have to start changing my mind on how, what I believe about things in order for it to actually get into my heart to start feeling it. And so it's practicing. Yeah. Maybe in hands and action, but just even practicing your thought process of like, all right, God help me to believe. Yeah. And then that's where the praying comes in. Help me to believe that this yes. is actually for my good and not a restrictive mm-hmm. thing. So it's okay. Why do I feel this? It's start practicing and, and, and reframing your mind around that God is actually for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some of that is a bit of the questions like, 
do you really believe God's heart is for you? Which yeah. is why he mm-hmm. asks you to live in a certain way because he knows us better than we know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so praying for him to change heart and then just start practicing it. Yeah, and that's why I've always loved the prayer, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, it doesn't look like a prayer in the scripture because it looks like a conversation in a dialogue. But as that man says that to Jesus, is it a prayer? He's saying, Jesus, I need you to help my unbelief. Like we pray that, we should pray that now. Like mm-hmm. I do believe, but help my unbelief. And that's an honest and a real space that you can really be in. So like right now you might be like, I believe obedience is for my good, but I need help believing yeah. that. Like I yeah. need help letting that pierce my heart and yeah. be my true sense of that. Let that be my truth because it's your yeah. truth, God. Um, and be okay wrestling with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't just, don't just be, okay. don't sit in the shame or frustration of, of what you may be feeling. Like it's okay to wrestle with it. For sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sweet. Good yeah. deal. Check you next time. Peace. Bye.